Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the happy human hologram, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. That's right. Stop, drop, roll, listen, and learn that the WTF is here for you. Home to the Open Bell podcast, helpful videos, and useful instructional materials, the World Trumpet Federation is quickly becoming a favorite among players and teachers alike. Go to worldtrumpetfederation.com for a new perspective on playing and teaching. And by Cromer Music. Caring for your instruments is vitally important. That's why we turn to A minor tune-up when it comes to maintenance, repair, or new gear. For years, people have associated the highest level of workmanship with Chris Cromer at A minor tune-up. Their ultrasonic cleaning is known by many for its overall value and positive impact, and A minor tune-up is also equipped to do all types of repairs, valve alignments, and other special modifications. You can count on Chris Cromer at A minor tune-up to get it right. And if you need a new case, consider Cromer Music. They have a unique partnership with Marcus Bona Cases and currently have 31 different models to choose from. Have an older Marcus Bona case that has seen better days? No problem. Check out their Trade Up program and get as much as $200 for your used case. Don't have the cash for a brand new case? Check out Cromer Music's inventory of beautifully refurbished Marcus Bona cases at reasonable prices. And free shipping on all cases, all the time. Go to www.cromermusic.com to check out the options and let Cromer Music help you find the case you've been looking for. A minor tune-up in Cromer Music, serving brass players with excellent care and products. The open bell is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to cover information that the three of us believe is important, worthy of discussion, or just plain controversial. Gentlemen, shall we? Today's segment of Warming Up is brought to you once again by Chop Saver Lip Care. Everyone here at the Open Bell and World Trumpet Federation is converted to Chop Saver. Made with all natural ingredients, it's just good for your face. It's the little tube that comes packed with vitamin E and double C's. If you're serious about lip care, and why wouldn't you be? Chop Saver will keep your lips more warm and comfy than a cornet solo on the heart of thy Nora is breaking for thee. Brian? What have you got for us? <laughs> Wait, before we get to Brian, I want to—I I just want to say one thing. When you said we've all uh, changed over, I'm—I'm uh, I'm an original wow. user He's here. He's an original. You are. Yeah, I didn't Some change continuing. over. Some might say an instigator, or trailblazer. Tra there could be that harbinger. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the harbinger of lip care. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry to interrupt, Brian. What do you got? No, no worries at all. So I'm here today to talk about the cornet conspiracy. Oh, I love a good conspiracy theory. So do I. <laughs> Man, what what it, I don't I I don't know what the cornet conspiracy is. That the first rule of cornet conspiracy is you don't talk about the cornet conspiracy. This is so why he was to, you're about to giggling. break that rule. You're going to break that rule. You're going to talk about it. I have to break the rule cuz you're allowed to talk about it on occasion. <laughs> It's actually a thing that happens almost every year. You don't know where or when. 
And uh, you can find out about it by joining the Facebook group. There, it, Wait, there are performances. The Coronet Conspiracy. Oh, come on. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. This is so, I am not kidding this you. This is so dark web. Is it on the dark web or is yes. it on the internet? You have to it's know the, how to get it's to on it. the dull web. The dull... <laughs> no offense, Bill. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. <laughs> And, uh, okay, and so they meet, they bring instruments, they bring mouthpieces, they have this whole long, it's usually just a weekend, like three days. It's like a little convention of coronet period instrument enthusiasts. Wow. And I really <laughs> want to go. This is out. Are you are you part of this? Not yet. Wait, of where does it... <laughs> how are you not in on this? And how do you know about it? Well, sometimes it takes a while to get on the inside. Wow. Oh, you're not on Facebook. Is so you this can't why, be wait, is this why yeah. you and Sarah are taking this trip? <laughs> there is, is no way in hell is. Sarah it's is not, going on a cornet trip. Not, <laughs> she doesn't know. He's not she telling her. She went on her. a year-long cornet trip to the UK. What are you talking no, about? That was, no, you no. went home with her for a yeah. year. That is what happened. She went back to England and you found something to do. Yes. That's what right. that was. So you're taking your wife on this trip, but she doesn't know why. She doesn't That's the know, conspiracy yeah. part. Right. So it's this really cool thing. So they have period instruments and they have, um, you know, refurbished instruments and mouthpieces and they do performances with um, really cool arrangements, uh, period arrangements um, and concerts and discussions and lectures. Um, and it looks really cool. And uh, the next time it did not happen this year, obviously. Right. Um, and it might happen next year, but you don't know. Mm. So. Wow. It ha happened. In, last Joe, one happened, I think, in Elkhart, Indiana. Actually, Joey, did you find it? Did you you went on to find it? <laughs> I'm I'm stunned by this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like I, I don't even know what I don't even know what to say. That, Brian, how does I, that work? Is there a card or something? I, uh, no cards. <laughs> Do you get points? Is there points? <laughs> Definitely points, but only while you're there. Oh wow! So you're gonna go? I have to go. I think I have to. Of course to. But you, you have do. To, but you're yeah. going to have to get back on Facebook to be in the group. I'm going to have to figure out hey, some way. Do they do have, uh, it, it sounds like a great idea. Like you get a bunch of people together and it's like a, almost like, do they have exhibitors and stuff? This is yeah. really trendsetting. They give, they give people, lectures? People bring their stuff, bring so their she, instruments. You try them out, like, you play them at like tables. performances. Yeah. And there's we're, exhibits. We're practically like a Classes cornet. and lectures. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. We're practically a cornet podcast. We could go get a table. <laughs> We could have a table. Yeah, this sounds this sounds like the ICG, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the yeah the WCF. I just loved everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And how long have you been keeping this from us that you're a member of the Cornet Conspiracy? Well, he's not a member. No, he. I think he is now. No, he's not on Facebook. He said it's a Facebook group. Oh, right. It's a little deeper than Facebook. Oh, boy. There it is. So you are a member. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the next one. I think but you'd have to know where it is. You're now lying. To Wait, us we don't you, like this. You brought you, this up. You're I'm, presenting. I'm <laughs> no, I, I think you have to be a little bit more of a historian than I am to, to actually present. There are people worse than you at this. <laughs> <laughs> there are people with bigger cornet problem than you. Better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, long-standing. Well, wow. I, mean, I, I mean, I would if I had to guess off the top of my head, I can think of two people. If you think about Vince DiMartino and Mark Ponzo, 
if you think about the numbers of cornets of pictures they've just posted online, those two, oh my gosh. Yeah, they own it. There's video of Vince and uh, and his son there playing instruments wow. at the cornet conspiracy. There it is. <laughs> I, and I think gonna... we have brought up trumpet players who named their sons Gabriel. And there Gabriel, it is. Yes. And there it is. Yeah, Gabriel. Wow. We're all in there. I can't wait to hear about this. Okay. Holy so. moly. Yep. I knew you guys would be excited. Wow, Joey, I don't know what you have, but there's no way it's better than the Cornet Conspiracy it's, Theory. It's not. We should just say goodnight, everybody. Good drive night. safely. And that's know? episode 24. Yeah. And we're uh, out. I, I want to bring this question to you, but with a preface here of, you know, you guys know me and know that I don't believe in anything, frankly, aside from practice. And, and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. But if there's one piece of uh, unquantifiable voodoo, I believe in it's this. And I want to see if, if you guys agree with me or not. If you remember, oh, let me preface this by saying this. Do you remember the cryogenic guys who said we're going to freeze your horns? Yes. yes. Right? And I love this so much, the idea that you align the molecules by taking mm -hmm. it apart and cleaning it, freezing, bringing it back. And I talked to some scientists who looked at me and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, yeah. so one, I think they, they started with a, a false premise, which I loved. But one of the things they said, even at that time, is if you've been playing your horn longer than five years, you probably won't notice much of a difference. Mm. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Um, and I talked to some people and, and <laughs> talked about how they got through it, because I will tell you this. I do believe you can play a horn into better shape. Now, I'm not saying you can take a dog and make it into a great horn or, you know, but what I'm saying is when I've got a, I've had a really good horn and I played for a while and then I played against other stock horns that are pretty much exactly the same. I like mine better and I don't think it's an accident. Carl Lenthi, who's next door to me here, loaned me his bass trumpet. He said, tell me what you think of this. And it, I liked it better than mine. So I was just playing it for a while. He left at my office about six to eight months. And he says, I need it. I'm going to play a gig. And he came back in. And he said, I don't know how to explain this, but this horn plays better. Plays now. better, yeah. Oh, interesting. So I think given a horn played well, fundamentally well, I do think it's possible you can make your horn, play your horn into better shape than it, it came in. But I, I don't have any scientific explanation, but I like to out myself here as... I don't know how to explain this, but I do believe it. You have thoughts on this? Well, oh, the one thing I was going to say, but the Carl story kind of debunks this. I was going to say, so yeah, you play a horn long enough that the valves sort of settle the way, no offense, Brian, the valves <laughs> sort of settle into the way you play. You get accustomed to the way it works. You, you become familiar with it. And then the horn feels better to you. Oh, not just to me. That's what I'm saying. That's the kill. I, what this I'm is saying is I've had, I've had this to other people. Like I, I had people say, can I try your C trumpet? Can I try your B flat horns? I've been playing for a while. They're like, well, boy, I really like your horn. Your horn plays great. I tried some others that I didn't like as much. Wait, wait, wait. So it's so, not just with me. Okay. Hold on. We have started with the cornet conspiracy, and now you're a trumpet whisperer. Is that <laughs> what's going on just, here? I'm not saying it's just me. I'm saying I have had that experience. I'm saying it other sounds like you're saying that you've done this numerous times. I, I'm saying I have, but I'm not saying I'm the only person in the world who has. Wow. And I've talked to other trumpet players that have said they believe this exact same thing. I did you know do you anything? Guys have thought about this. Did you do anything to the bass trumpet? Did you mess with the valve caps and the alignment? Or no. you you are notoriously I don't yeah. know. Meticulous. Did you, did you set the bottom valves? Did you that set the, the bottom nicest, valve cap torque? That was the <laughs> nicest way of saying finicky. I really yeah. appreciate that. It was 
no, it's but it's really his horn, so he had had some work done on it and asked, hey, check this out and tell me what you think about this because I've had some work done. And, and I tried it. I was like, oh, I really like this better than my hand. We'll just keep it in there for a while. Had he played but no, it I didn't. since, had he yes. played it the, since yeah. the work had been done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. And you didn't do anything to it? Nope. Oh, this seems weird. I'm going to have to go weird. no. Okay. Yeah, that's I would why I'm say, I would say you. I would say you respond over time to the instrument. You change how you play. Like there's a note that's a little bit duller. You right. Know, spell. And so you can. Unbelievable. You lean, you lean into that note a little bit more. Or there's a note that's a little bit flat. So you, you know where that's coming. So you, and you get you just get used to those. So you're saying that the the person acclimates to the horn, not the other way around. I think so. There could be, although I I do loosen the braces on my horns. I will like go and That's have just them. Just because you play have so the, freaking loud. Yeah, you. <laughs> that takes minutes. No, I have it professionally done. <laughs> well, you're a professional. Yeah, a professional <laughs> um, blaster. I, I will have done. I will have done that. So, can we go back to the cryogenic thing for just a minute? I have Please. Two, two, two thoughts here. One, the cryogenic thing. Is interesting to me because solder freezes at a different temperature than silver. <laughs> well, so the, I was always afraid to put my horn in there for the fact that it would just come out and crumble. Yeah, right. Well, but again, Break they were part. starting from a false contention that essentially horns, by definition, will play better if all stress is relieved from the metal, as if you right. could really do that. Who's to say that having some stress in there isn't a good thing to start with? Right. Okay. And second thing is, if I mail my B flat to you, could you put articulation in it? Uh, as I said, <laughs> wow, it's not it's, magic. That's some high, high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> but I have thought of, I, I have thought of it. You know, another trumpet, another trumpet voodoo thing, like essentially having having like Peter or, or Carl, you know, make something in the five C range that's just a little different, and putting a crazy name on it and saying, if you practice this every day this is the magic mouthpiece, you know, and, and being okay with that. The same way of saying, tell you what, you send me your horn and, uh, I, you know, six months later, I'm going to give you back that horn. It's going to play better. It's going to play better. You know? This is not crazy because you know you could sell that. Well, that's the oh, problem yeah. is that I, 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 I feel guilty about it. Like I couldn't actually ethically nope. do it. Your problem would be where are you just going to store these things in the case and not touch them for the month you no, have it no, before because you mail if I it do back? That, then I, ha I would actually actually play them all every day. That's the wow. thing. If I was actually going to do that, well, I'd have to take the time. Well, you just go limit the clientele and charge more. You exactly. Know what I mean? yeah. Is it the is it the Diet Coke effect when you blow that down the lead pipe? It maybe well, that's that. maybe that's that what could it be is. it. See, these are the variables we need to consider. That I had not considered the Diet Coke part of that, but that certainly. Certainly must be the magic. I mean, does Carl drink that much Diet Coke? I don't think Carl drinks Diet Coke. Well, no. I don't think Carl drinks enough Diet Coke. <laughs> well, not, <laughs> not yet. I'll let him know that's the secret. That's probably the yeah. key. It's the mix of that with the valve oil that really makes it work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You get that vegan valve oil with the... Uh, <laughs> Burp Bio Oil, one of our sponsors. Oh, yeah. yeah. There it is. Wow. All right. Well, Bill, what do you got for us? Well, first of all, I, you know, I don't know if folks realize that we do pregame the show a little bit, but I didn't want to bring this up earlier because we were kind of talking about the show and all that. But I, I'm actually just lucky to be here tonight. I was uh, cleaning leaves out of the gutters, fell off a 40 foot ladder today. Oh, <laughs> you did? Are you? I did. Fortunately, I was on the first rung <laughs> when it happened. <laughs> You had us going, bike was, accident, now ladder accident. Yeah, well, the bike accident was actually real. That's that real actually thing. happened. But I thought, because of that, I might lure you into the whole ladder spiel. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it is a 40-foot ladder, but I 
wasn't very far yeah. up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So today I taught that lesson. And I which, just wanted to talk about that? that lesson. The lesson where the student was assigned a bunch of material that we didn't get to all of it because I saw an opening to talk about a very specific thing that was on the verge of happening. And in this particular case, it was that beautiful connected sound in this particular moment. And so what I did is I just went in and got exactly what I wanted them to do in that four bars. And I kept working it and working it and polishing it and working it until it was exactly there. And it was a huge leap. But in that moment, of course, I realized because I've taught that lesson before that, of course, you reading the student who's going, I'm failing. I can't get out of this four bars. He thinks I'm an idiot, right? I practiced all this stuff and I'm not even getting to it. And in that moment, I recognize it for so long, I actually break down and say to the student, now here's where we are. This is the lesson where you leave today feeling inadequate, like we didn't get to everything and like you're a complete failure as a trumpet player. And I'm driving home thinking, Yes, we're finally getting somewhere. We did it. Yes. Right. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. So let's just put this on the table and reconcile the way we're both feeling about this. So I just want to say to the teachers out there, and, and well, first of all, to find out if you guys, if you've had this experience, but secondly, it's okay not to get to everything. If you sense there's that moment to have a breakthrough, even if you reassign the stuff for the next week or just move on, it's okay to pull over and take the time and get that thing. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, that happens on a fairly regular basis. You know, when students yeah. come in, well, the lessons go with me. It's like, you know, we'll chat a little bit. How's everything going? What's going on? You know, especially this semester with all the stresses everybody else is carrying. Of course. Some, yeah. some, some like, want to actually check in to make sure everybody's doing okay. Um, so sometimes there's some discussion if things are not, just getting talking. But, you know, right. Once you see that, boom, hold on. I want to focus on this and we're going to take yes. this time right now absolutely and it seems like at least at least once a year or at least once during freshman year almost every freshman i've had at some point comes in and comes in is like i can't play hmm. and there, you know we've got the list of what you know you're assigned to do i'm like all right let's let's talk about that what's going on and we'll just have like a absolute breakdown fundamentals put things back together you're fine sort of lesson you know right. like throw away the throw away the no when to throw away that playbook is a really important thing to know there as a teacher is. when to do it and when you see it like you're talking about when you see like okay there it is i'm going in i'm going in yeah absolutely that's great absolutely it's great stuff yeah, yeah, yeah sir, certainly there's a there's a, a list that we carry with us when we go into a lesson um of things that we want this student to be improving on this semester or this mm -hmm. year or whatever their trajectory is. If you have an opportunity to check one of those things off that list <laughs> in a 60 minute lesson, yeah, you have to take it. You gotta and, go get it. And and then it is incumbent upon you also to support them to know that it's okay, we didn't get to this other stuff because you're making a huge transition in this one thing that's really super important. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and that thing's gonna pay huge dividends for everything else because you can apply it. And this was a great moment in this lesson where I said, great, do that now do that right here in this four bars great now do this here at the beginning great now do it over here oh oh the light bulb <laughs> the light bulb yeah it's like okay we salvaged this because the fear of course is that it gets too slow and they feel like they failed meanwhile i'm jumping up and down i'm yeah. so excited because we yeah. got that thing you know cool yeah i thought it was just That's kind fun. of a 
cool thing. It was fun. And it just happened this afternoon before I came home and, you know, so oh, I thought, that's yeah, very cool. Very totally cool. going to really share that. But what I'm really excited about is this. Here we are. It's time for Backboard Bingo. Hey, and tonight, tonight, the Trumpet Trivia Edition, okay, oh, of man. Backboard Bingo. And here we are, a week before Christmas, right? And I'm feeling like we should celebrate with some trumpet trivia. So, since this is a trumpet podcast, so here it we is. go. Here we go. No matter what Brian thinks. No matter what Brian thinks. <laughs> que question number one. In France, in the 1820s, the first cornets were made by adding valves to what instrument? Oh. A cornetto b natural trumpet c keyed bugle or d post horn france 1820s the first cornets were made by adding valves to what instrument holy crap a cornetto b natural trumpet c keyed bugle d post horn wouldn't those be cornettos right is that your answer? That's going to be my guess. Okay. A, Brian? Post horn. Oh, it's a post horn. <laughs> it's Damn the it. post horn. Yeah, Cornetto, Brian. that's the long that's the long wooden thing with the the bent, right. The bent wooden thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really the sort of this. Yep. Mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a recorder. Almost. It's also not the right answer. Well done, Brian. <laughs> Folding. Wow, post horn. <laughs> Question 2, trumpet trivia. The name cornet comes from the Latin word cornu which can be translated as A, chronic recluse, <laughs> B, horn, C, the curve in a shepherd's staff, or D, enormous personal space. Well, I was hoping you were going to make this hard. Uh, oh, wait, I, already, I went first last time, Brian, so I no, guess you have no, to go. You, no, you go right ahead. It's fine. No, you, you, uh, it's your honor, your honor, and I'm out. It's, it's, it's a horn. It is a horn. I actually took Latin in high school, so I, know I, that. You were gonna, you were gonna, I was hoping you were going to make that difficult. No, so. I typed this. I was Latin. I was like, Joey's going to get this. <laughs> totally yeah. nails. Yeah, I was wondering how much Latin I would remember. My uh, oldest daughter ended up taking Latin in high school, and she goes, "Hey, can you help me with this?" And I said, "I'm not sure." And I sat down, and went, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Now look, what you got here? She goes, "How do you remember this?" I said, "What do you mean? It's Latin." He goes, I had the class. Yeah, he, right. he doesn't. Joey doesn't forget anything. He doesn't forget anything except anything. names. I forget everyone's name. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question three: Trumpet trivia. The original patent for the cornet by ea courtier dates back i thought this to what was year? trumpet trivia you well, said it this is. was the trumpet trivia this is the second cornet question in a row <laughs> uh, it's actually the third <laughs> cornet like question one. in a row but it's this trumpet is, trivia how is this trumpet trivia well how is this bingo how do you trumpet? <laughs> how do you cornet and multiple choice how do you <laughs> how do you not know how to play any games you don't understand bingo. Well, I understand that a cornet's not a trumpet. It's in the rules. It's history. It's <laughs> trivia. You said it's trumpet trivia. I did because that's what it's called. But it's that's all cornet history. questions. It's, but it's part of backboard bingo. And you know, hopefully you've learned how bingo works by now. You said trumpet trivia edition. I did. And I wrote the questions. And I think these are important to trumpet trivia. I think these are incredibly trivial. <laughs> well, we can agree on that. Brian's crying. I, I question, can't breathe. Question three. <laughs> you only have to say one letter. 
just eke out one letter. <laughs> the original patent for the cornet by E.A. Courtier dates back to what year? A, 1815. Isn't it B, Courtois? No, it's no, it's not. I thought it was too, but it's not Courtois. B, 1913. C, 1915. Or D, 1926. What was A? 1815. B is 1913. C, 1915, or D, 1926. The original patent for the cornet. Trumpet trivia. It's a trick. When did patents start? Well, I think that would be something to factor in. Yeah. You're up, Joey. I'm going to absolutely guess 1915. That's a great guess. I'm I'm going with the under 1913. Oh. The under wins, nineteen thirteen. <laughs> yeah. So, just so nineteen thirteen, I picked nineteen fifteen because it was close. Eighteen fifteen, of course, is when the valve was invented. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's I can't believe they did do a patent right then. I mean, right. it's a cornet after all. It's a cornet. Nineteen twenty six was when my dad was born. So I thought that was <laughs> throw that in there. Well, uh, obviously, I knew that. You did. Yeah. That's why that wasn't the question. Thankfully, that wasn't the question. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, question four, trumpet trivia. This great trumpet artist actually started on the cornet, but his switch to trumpet hold, hold is credited. On a this is four in a row now? Is this cornet well, trivia this trumpet, this No, trumpet it's trivia. a trumpet trivia. started trivia. on the great. cornet. It's the Perfect. trumpet trivia edition of Backboard Bingo. Which but they're means, all cornet questions. Well, but it's part of bingo. That's how it works. <laughs> this is awesome. I love this. The great trumpet artist actually started on the cornet, but his switch to trumpet, see, is credited with the rise of the instrument's popularity and its eventual dominance in jazz music. A, Buddy Bolden. B, Louis Armstrong. C, King Oliver. D, Buddy Hackett. <laughs> did you say Buddy Hackett? I did. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Louis Armstrong on this. Yeah, one. I gave this away several episodes ago. Yeah, you're and both Joey right. probably already knew it anyway. It's Louis yeah. Armstrong. And look, I cut you a break because you got to know it's Bobby Hackett. Yeah, well, Buddy that's Hackett. why I like Buddy Hackett. That I know, really that's good. why I went with Buddy Hackett. <laughs> Buddy Hackett's funnier than Bobby Hackett. Way funnier. So, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. All right, question five. This is the final question on Trumpet Trivia edition of Backboard Bingo. Fantastic. In the 1911 version of Petrushka, Igor Stravinsky wrote a celebrated solo for the cornet. God, you've got to be <laughs> kidding me with this. Did this orchestration remain in the 1946 revision? Did the solo remain or did it remain written for cornet? I don't understand Did it remain written for cornet? Did, did his orchestration for cornet remain in the 1946 revision? There. No. Brian. It did not. It did not. It did it not. Did not. Yeah. He no. gave the solo. He made it solo trumpet. Yeah, he made it. It's yeah, a bad trumpet, revision. Trumpet solo. It's a yeah. good revision. <laughs> so, so then the question becomes now. All right, what horn do you play Petrushka on? C trumpet. I play it on B flat trumpet. The dance, the dance, and the waltz. Right, the ballerina's dance. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. The yeah. dance I play it on. Yeah, everything else I play on C trumpet, yeah. except the end. Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Okay. On sure. cornet or. No, no, not in cornet. I wow. saw I saw Concertgebouw do it at the NJ Pack. Yeah, and um, who was that? Uh, his name was Fritz Damro. Yeah, Fritz Damro yeah. played. He, I should get points for that. 
Yeah, that, you get points. We'll, you, we'll give you five points for that. It was it was spectacular. They also oh, also did Rachmaninoff third. He, Unreal. He was amazing. Fritz he is played, the man. He played both parts at the end on C trumpet, <laughs> um, except where the went in seconds. Then the second player played where it played in seconds. He did the whole thing. It was spectacular. Yeah, he's a nice. stunning yeah. artist. Yeah. Wow, I I think this trumpet trivia thing could catch on, Brian. This what do you is, think? I I'm all in. It sounded okay. great. Now I, now I know what to get you guys for Christmas. If you uh, have trumpet questions, that'd be awesome. Well, I think I mentioned the trumpet a couple times in there. Several, there was much yeah, more several times. Of cornet than trumpet in well, the I trumpet think edition. There's nothing more trivial than the cornet. Fair. And that's why we went with that. That's hey, completely fair. All right, congratulations, Brian. You won by a landslide. <laughs> So I've got some write-ins I got to count yet, but I think you're going to be okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, boys. Time for a couple of things. Finding the path of least resistance seems to be human nature. There is no shortage of approaches and inventions that make our lives easier. But identifying the most efficient way to do something does not necessarily mean we have found the best way. Joey cannot wait to talk about efficiency. It's one of his favorite words. It is absolutely one of my least favorite words in <laughs> trumpet pedagogy. And let me just, if I can set some terms and then let's go. All right. Here's why it bothers me. Because the idea of exactly what you just said, trying to find the path of least resistance is, is a great idea. Often, and way too often, what's used in, uh, as efficiency in trumpet is, is it easier? Mm. And that's the only question that is asked. Look, it's, this is easier, so it's more efficient. And that's the wrong question. The question should be, does it sound great? Is it as good as it could be? Can it, does it sound as good as it could sound? Reach. That's and it. If, if I have to do, I don't know, a little more work, whatever that means to get that, I think that's better. So finding the right amount of work to do for the best result, if we're going to make efficiency that, then I'm fine. But that's not how I hear it used. I hear it used with equipment as use this equipment and guess what? Everything's just easier. Or, well, yeah, but if I do it this way, it's easier. Not, how does it sound the best? And that's why this word drives me crazy inside of trumpet pedagogy. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, maybe is it worthwhile to break it down into things like physical efficiency and then maybe efficiency as it relates to instruments or to equipment? Sure, absolutely. Because the idea of physical efficiency is appealing to me the idea of making it feel and therefore sound as easy as possible. We all admire players who make it sound easy. Right, but we, we don't admire players that don't sound great. Never. Even if they happen to be doing no work at all. Right, so even the if idea it's really from, high. Right. So, <laughs> or so no idea, offense, really loud, Brian. Right, <laughs> but uh, so from the physical standpoint, easy, we, we, we certainly hear people say things like, there should be no tension in the body and playing trumpet is just like exhaling. We've heard these things. These yes. are common things we've heard from teachers. I'm not making these <laughs> I up. High C right? should feel like low C. Right, right. And those things are 
uh, crap, if I can just say that, right? There is a certain amount of tension needed in the body to play trumpet. You need tension in your lips so that when you blow out, that the mouth, the horn doesn't blow off your face. Right. And if you're actively, you know, creating that sound, there is a, some tension probably in whatever you want to call how you're activating your airstream or engaging your airstream or supporting your airstream. However, that's going. There is a support system there that does by definition, use a certain amount of tension that is not in any way a bad thing. Can right. we agree on that, right? We can agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that means there is tension while we're playing. Now, we don't want to use too much, and we don't want to use any excess tension, but there is some built in. So this idea of you need to be perfectly relaxed and no tension in the body, no. That, no. that You won't be able to play trumpet that way. It will not work. But, but so there's from a the physical standpoint, you want to find the right amount of work which right. might not be the least possible because we can certainly over relax and then what happens you have an unsupported sound right so there there is a vocabulary as a teacher that goes along with that to find that right balance using right words like firm instead of tight yes. for example okay things like that like i had a student say today i'm like well what do you when you're practicing this what are you thinking about well i'm trying not to press too hard and i said <laughs> Well, exactly. How hard are you trying to press? <laughs> <laughs> right. And they and they, they looked went, at me. Oh and no, went, it's a trap. <laughs> oh no! Like I totally said the wrong thing because yeah, we don't want that. I think we have from our side of it, we have to come up with a vocabulary that gets us in the exact right place for that. Stuff, right. I, I for mean, physical efficiency. I, because when we talk about air, and you know, trumpet players love to talk about air like it's some sort of mystery. Um, <laughs> the idea of saying like, well, do you just tighten up your 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 stomach when you play? I'm like. Oof. No. No. <laughs> what what would that do? Now that being said, while I'm playing, you can pretty much come up and hit me in the stomach and nothing happens because I am engaged. It is there's support going on there so that it looks easy and it looks like not a lot's going on, but there is work being done. But engaged is way better than tighten. Totally. I know. I'm, I know yeah, somebody right. could be listening to this thinking, okay, these guys or are flex. Nuts. Right. You're arguing over a word, but that word evokes a really different response. And that's why we're bringing this up, because these words, as I say, lots of the words have meaning and how <laughs> students hear them. You know, when you say efficient and they hear, well, it needs to be easier. Mm -hmm. hmm, no. So how do you so the, the, along these lines is that you hear the working smarter, not harder. Yes, but to be fair, there are times, especially when you're learning something, where it's going to be harder work until you build it into habit. You know, picture when you're in seventh grade and somebody says, I want you to play an A on top of the staff. Mm. How hard did you have to work <clears throat> as a seventh grader to try and make that note come out? You'd kill right. yourself, right? Just trying to yeah. squeak that and get that. In. Yeah. And it was a tremendous amount of effort. Now, maybe a year or even two years later, by the time you get into high school, you don't think at all about playing that because now... Right. You've built it into habit, and it's easy. Those things continue into your professional growth. Right. So there are things that you might, my students might say, well, you make that look really easy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm old. I've been practicing this for decades and decades and decades. You're, I'm just introducing this, so this may feel like more work now. And then as you build it into habit, it becomes easier and easier. So I'm going to credit my friend, because we just talked about this an episode or two ago. I'm going to credit my friend Steve Dubay, who lives in uh, Basel, Switzerland. Steve's a great trumpet player. And he uses an example of five, six-year-old kid pouring a bowl. He wants a bowl of cereal. So he goes to the fridge and wrestles out that gallon of milk. Right. right? Like it's all he can do, right? Now, fast forward, there's the kid, 18 years old, coming home, right, from football practice. 
and he goes to get the gallon of milk out of the fridge and does it the exact same way he did when he was five. <laughs> this is what and I'm talking about. Struggles to the counter and to set it up there with two hands because, you know, that's the way he learned how to do it and never figured out eventually that it got easier. Right. <laughs> that's exactly point. what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 From the from the physical side of how to play the trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. So efficiency doesn't actually mean easier. Right. It doesn't have to mean easier. That's not really what we're asking a student to do. We're asking students to play with the best possible result, the best acoustical sound, um, the most brilliant tone that they can make with the least amount of physical effort. All right. So finding that balance. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but it's not no the, effort. Right. But the first part is important. Yeah. Because, you know, the best possible result might be slightly more work than an acceptable result. Right. I, I remember I made exactly. the mistake in an early lesson with Keith, and I probably have said this before as we've discussed some of these things pedagogically, but he said, do this, try this, play this. And I did. And he said, now there, doesn't that sound better? And I said, yeah, and it feels better too. And he said, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and I went in that moment was like, oh no, I did it again. Stepped said, in it. I did. Right I said, it. I said, it feels better. I don't give a damn how it feels. And neither should you because it feels different every day. Like, so you have to build everything on how it sounds and you have to move toward that. Right. right. And, that and, and, and even day to day, exactly right. This is the hard part. And I have this discussion with students an awful lot. This is the hard part of being human. Some mm -hmm. days it might actually feel easier. And some days it might feel a little bit Boy. like more work because we are human and we are different every day. But the idea is you still want the best possible result. And mm -hmm. then you work backwards from there. And if, if when you're starting and when you're really getting to the point of being able to get that result you're really looking for, and that might feel like a lot of either physical or mental or both work and concentration to make mm -hmm. that happen, as you build that and build that and build that and build that, eventually it gets easier. It's exactly what you're talking about. You don't need to be working near, as hard as you build that habit. Then, oh, 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 it's easier, it's easier, mm. easier. And then, oh, it doesn't look like you're doing anything at all. I feel like, and sometimes I, I see students, and I do this myself too, there's those days when you chase the horn, when you are bound and determined to make it happen, and so you overwork and you essentially try too hard. And I love this concept of waiting for the horn to come to you. You know how to play, right? You know how to breathe and make things happen in the right fashion be patient with it and have the horn come to you. Right. Right. Because there are days when it is really different. And right. Really but this difficult. is, this is exactly back to the thing, right? right? When you start the morning of, I know how to do this and I'm going to practice how to do this mm. in a way, in a consistent, methodical, smart way that helps balance that. I think as best as a way as I've ever figured out, because then you get to a point of, you get yourself to level at least and trying to consistently move forward. But even if it feels a little different, you figure that out first thing in the morning and try and get yourself back to a place of, I know how to do this. I can do this really well. I know. And then build that back in literally every single day. And we both have seen Brian struggle when he gets to the end of the Clark studies on number four. <laughs> Sometimes he's really tired. The end of the Clark book is a drag. Four is a drag. <laughs> number four is a drag. <laughs> But yeah, no, if you want to talk about the, the horn part of the equipment part of this also becomes uh, its own separate problem as instrument manufacturers and especially mouthpiece people will often use this phrase as, yes, just use this. 
And isn't that easier? Well, good. And this, yeah. Again, that's the wrong question. The question is, does it sound great? That's well, question one. Yeah, this is good. This is where I want to go next, because this, this is probably in terms of the way things are marketed to us. Right. We have people marketing to us that they can teach us to do a certain thing a certain way and make it easier. But it's really the equipment stuff. Right. And yeah. mouthpieces in particular. Yes. And how many times you have to feel like you're selling out musically or artistically with your sound in particular to make some notes happen. Yeah. You don't ever want to be <laughs> right. in that place. Yeah. But that's the thing right? you're like, well, I can. This definitely makes it easier. I don't really sound it doesn't well, but I'm going to go ahead and go for it. Yeah, that's not I've never <laughs> I've never once made that compromise. No, <laughs> I'm not making that compromise. I, I never have either. It drives me crazy. Well, that's the funny. You guys have obviously never played lead in a high school jazz band because come on, <laughs> you'll do whatever it takes. I yeah. at 16 was like, if I can make that high G come out, I don't care how it happens. Yeah. I don't care what it, it sounds, sounds like. like. I just want it to happen. And then if I could just even squeak it and be like yes i'm the king of the universe <laughs> but right that but that idea i think we have often seen you know students i mean i know i've had students come in so on hey listen so i got this you know i got this new mouthpiece and it's so much easier what do you think and i said how does it sound where's mm -hmm. your other mouthpiece and they'll pull the other one i said let's just record it and let's go back to back tell me which one you think sounds better right. and they're like well what if that's more work okay isn't that worth it yeah, yes. it, it's it's how you're spending the time, right? So you find you spend the time making it easier on the one that sounds better rather than just downshifting and going to the mouthpiece that makes it easier and sounds terrible. Yeah, you get the sound <laughs> you want and then get used yeah. to how that's supposed to feel. Right. right. This is why right. dealing with equipment is so hard because, uh, you know, as a, as a college teacher, there are times where students, it's like, is this the right time to look? The student's been practicing and working and we may want to find the equipment can be part of of, of, a, of a way of making a student better, you know, both mm -hmm. with horns and with mouthpieces. But just because, well, this one makes it easier, so I guess I'll do that. Oh, yeah. this is where this is where <laughs> that word it just keeps coming back and comes back and back. It's efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And I'm like, no, again, it's the wrong question over and over and over. The question they keep to, what they're selling is, hey, do this and it's easier. And I'm saying, mm -hmm. right, that's the wrong question. I don't want it to be easier. I want it to be better. Yeah, yeah. it's got to sound better. Yeah. It's got to serve the music somehow. Better. Well, this re this reminds me of, you know, our, we did an episode recently on lead playing, right? And we we covered a whole bunch of things. I think we're probably a surprise to some folks because it wasn't just about how to play high notes. It was about how to be a musician in that role. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And when we're talking, again, we get really trumpety, uh, but... Uh, most of the time, we're not playing with just other trumpet players. So mm -hmm. when you're thinking about your efficiency, about how much easier it is, you know, the the woodwind players in front of you, the string players in front of you, the, you know, the, the band you're in, the band, orchestra, jazz band, wherever you are, they don't care about your efficiency. They care about how you sound and blend. So if you're not right. fitting in, if they're hearing a, oh, gosh, that doesn't sound as good as before, that's the only thing you're being judged on at that point. But you're, you might say, yeah, but it's so much easier. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how it translates to other parts of our lives too, right? Like we would be willing to sell out with a with a mouthpiece, let's say, because it get, it buys me a double G. It doesn't sound the way I want to sound, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. But if you're trying to do other work in your life, especially where people depend on you, right? You're gonna you're not going to let ease rule that. <laughs> you're going to make sure that you get things done the right way. Yeah. You right. know. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Frightening word. It's a, it's a word that it's crazy because it, especially with the equipment thing, marketed to us in a way to make it really appealing, makes yeah, it and easier. It, it, it's, it's one of those things that just, it, it, it's one of those words that just absolutely rubs me the wrong way at this point because it's been used so poorly for so long. Mm -hmm. And it, and unfortunately, I think for a lot of, especially younger students, well, of course I want it to be easier. So they buy in and then it can do a lot more harm than good, both from the physical and from the equipment. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's my contention. Trumpet players will spend any amount of money to buy something that give, is, gives them more notes, more flexibility, um, and less practice time <laughs> <laughs> or they think will. <laughs> Well, Give right, and that's that's always things. the thing. Yeah, do this instead of practice. You right. know, there's my yeah. pet peeve right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, as folks listen to this, you know, you're thinking about how this impacts what you do on a daily basis. And Joey, I'm glad you brought up the thing because here it is in a nutshell. Right, the reason that is a daily thing, and the reason that you go about it the way you do is to bring it to you. In other words. You're going to stand still in this place and you're going to do it the same way. You're not going to go chasing it down. You're not going to contort. You're not going to cheat with a mouthpiece or whatever. You're going to, you're going to stay with it and put in the work that you need to, to do it right. Right. And doing it, getting there faster and taking a shortcut by buying a certain mouthpiece or piece of equipment isn't going to get it done the right way. No. And it's, it's, it's selling yourself short and then it just starts a perpetual a perpetual struggle because when that stops working, most of those times equipment things can be quick fixes. So, you know, hey, now I can play high G and then three weeks later, you kind of revert to how you've always played. Like, oh, well, it must be the equipment. Now I need another new mouthpiece or maybe it's a new horn. Maybe ah, if I just switch lead pipes, if I get a different bell and, you know, if I slap this on and then instead of looking the only place you need to look, which is in the mirror, you're looking outwards uh, to mm. fix all of those things. And that becomes the real danger. So, Brian, do you feel that the cornet's a more efficient instrument than the trumpet? I mean, that's <laughs> oh, what I want to wow. ask you. No, no, it j just sounds better. No. <laughs> well, then it meets it meets the criteria. It meets the criteria. <laughs> this is how Brian becomes more efficient. He just switches to the cornet. Wow. It's much easier that I way. I think Brian thinks that we would all be more efficient if we just switched to the cornet. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just so much trumpet all the time. Yeah, how would great. you know? How would you know how much that it's so much trumpet? I love the I you, love Trauma Mundi. It's just you, so much trumpet. It's a lot. <laughs> Do you even know where yours is right now? Well, I bet in the case. It's well, in the case. I, I did play it in the thing this morning. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I'm just really happy to get to this word because I think Joey needed to purge some of these thoughts. It's one of those words that just sets him off. Yeah, it, it does. It, and it, it's I, I appreciate really, the time. You know, we, this is something important to cover, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, time to talk about an, our no offense topic for today. And this is a great segue because here's today's topic. If your first consideration isn't the way you sound, you, no offense, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go right in. Yes, uh, I think this especially seems to apply to lead players more than anyone else. So if we don't mind, I'll start here. There seems to be a growing contention of if I've got those notes, then I'm good. If I can play that high A, doesn't matter what it sounds like, 
I can play it and you can't, so I win. <laughs> you know, and, and and unfortunately we there are still trumpet players out there that basically sound like there's ripping sheet metal and they can do it loud and they can do it for a long time, but it doesn't sound good and they don't no. seem to care. Where I think uh, that's been, especially in lead playing, something that has changed a bit. Because I'll tell you what, you know, I've gotten to see a lot of, of world-class and great lead players growing up. But I remember seeing Byron Stripling play lead with the Basie Band. Mm. And, mm. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm out in the audience. He, they come out on stage. He starts playing. And nothing sounds hard. Nothing sounds shrill. Nothing mm -hmm. sounds, you know, like it, it, it's going to hurt anybody. But boy... Everything, you know, that book's easy up to high G's and, and, and maybe even more than that. And all of it just sounds great. And I thought, wow, that's how lead trumpet playing is supposed to sound. Yeah. Mm. The first time I ever saw that, I mean, I saw the first time I saw him, I was in high school and he was, you know, just out of uh, Eastman shortly after. I'm thinking, wow. But hearing that, that concept of sound lead a big band was great. You know, so it's not just about being able to screech out high notes. It's about concept of sound. How do you sound? It works throughout throughout the whole register, though. Um, in the middle register, if it sounds bad, that's a window into your technique, your physical technique. So if it sounds crappy, you're doing something wrong, and we need yeah. to figure out what that is or find you a path to release that so it's a good sound. And that's true. But then, then think about the people that we know are like, but I didn't miss any notes, so I must be, I'm good, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Let's build the thing, operating the trumpet machine, right? I know a lot of people operate the trumpet machine really well, and I don't want to ever hear that. Right. <laughs> I, don't need to, I don't need to hear that happen, you know? But boy, it's a thing to, to think about, and you're right, it isn't just about high notes, it's about everything, because if it doesn't sound good, no one's going to care. Right. right. But how Absolutely. fast you can do it, how high you can play, whatever. It's 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 got to sound great. It's what we do, right? right? Absolutely, without question. It's the key to the whole thing. So, again, the T-shirts are coming out soon. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's that's going to be that's going to be a top seller, I think. That's right? going to be so, huge. No offense, but you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Well, listen, that about does it for today. Uh, thanks for joining us here on The Open Bell. Be sure to tune in next week for the Christmas special. Ooh. Stay tuned, subscribed, and attentive, because if you're not here, we will start talking about you. Thanks again to Cromer Music and Chopsaver for their continued support. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.